Next on BYUSN, three big games on Saturday for the Cougars. How many wins are we expecting? Plus, Kalani Satake gives another update on BYU quarterback Jaron Hall's status for Saturday's bowl game. Is he going to play? We'll see. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, December 15th. I am Jerem Jordan in the land of the snow, and Spencer Linton is live from the land of enchantment at uh, the New Mexico Bowl, where BYU is going to take on SMU. Of course, we love Albuquerque, Albuquerque because of all the history there with the Lobos, but hey, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, you've already been on those tours. Uh, are you going to go again? Uh, yeah, perhaps we might make our way around the neighborhoods and check out a few sites. Saul, good, man. And by the way, Jerem, Walter White says hello. He mentioned something about bringing a pizza home for dinner tonight. Yeah, so just throw be it on, on the, the roof. for that. Yeah, just chuck it right <laughs> up there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, pizza or not, we're bre- we are breaking good today on the show, Jerem. I know, I know, ter- terrible. Boo. But we are going to discuss... <laughs> <laughs> who win? Who needs a win more on Saturday? Is it BYU football or BYU men's basketball? Both could certainly use them. And how many wins do we expect in what is becoming a very challenging Saturday for men's basketball and women's basketball, not to mention BYU football against SMU? Plus, the voice of the Mustangs, Rich Phillips, joins the show today. How he thinks SMU matches up against BYU's defense and where BYU might just have a significant advantage against the Mustangs. Plus, we set our fantasy basketball lineups for the weekend. But first, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU arrived in New Mexico yesterday. Upon arrival, Kalani Sitake gave an update on the playing status of Jaron Hall. The closer we get to the game, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a hard, uh, hard, hard for me to say yes to that one. So, uh, I don't know if it's... Uh, if, if uh, we thought on Monday when I talked to you guys in the press conference, I thought that there would be a chance, but uh, I don't know if what A-Rod said to you guys yesterday, but it's, it's looking more like, like not, not close to performing. <sighs> that video courtesy of KSL Sports. Pre-game Saturday, 5.30 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. More football news as BYU junior wide receiver Braden Cosper has recently announced that he is going to step away from football altogether after the bowl game due to physical and mental challenges. Cosper played in 25 games at BYU to this point, recorded career highs with four catches and 58 receiving yards along with his first career touchdown catch in BYU's win over Wyoming early this season. Jake Goldroyd has also mentioned that this will be his last game, so a few of those guys. And it's a weird deal, right, with COVID and extra years and whatnot. It's, we're not sure who's done academically and done mentally, physically with the game. Now we know with Cosper and Oldroyd. Men's basketball fresh off a win versus Creighton Saturday. Hosts Division Tufo Western Oregon tonight at the Marriott Center. Pre-game at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. All-Pro Fred Warner and the Red Hot San Francisco 49ers visit the Seattle Seahawks Let's go Hawks. at Lumen Field. Thursday night football in primetime, 8.15 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Hoping to make Brock Purdy Mr. Irrelevant for a second time. BYU swimmers Jose Dominguez and Javier Nicholas continue competition in the FINA World Swimming Championships in Australia. He ain't taking finals in Provo. He's in Australia. Dominguez competing for the Dominican Republic. Yesterday in the 100 breaststroke took 38th. In the 4x50 medley relay took 20th. Nicholas placed 23rd in the 100 medley. 
21st in the mixed 4x50 relay, competing for Peru. Both swimmers continue competition through the weekend. Good luck, guys. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. While we acknowledge BYU men's basketball is playing Western Oregon tonight, we look ahead to a busy Saturday where football is taking on SMU in the New Mexico Bowl. I heard that's why you're there. Men's hoops plays Utah, and women's basketball is at Gonzaga. So let's talk about our expectations. How many wins among those three do you expect BYU to get? Significantly challenging weekend. And yeah, we all want the trifecta. We want the Super Saturday going three for three, but... I would set the over-under, Jerem, probably at a half game. I mean, this is really challenging right now because what if Jaron Hall doesn't play at quarterback for BYU? And the Utah running Utes are playing really good basketball. They just took care of Arizona, one of the top teams in the country. And then the BYU women's team has had their ups and downs. They've struggled. you got to open conference play in Spokane at Gonzaga against the perennial league favorite. This is, a, this is a tough task, so I'd set the over-under at half game. I'm going with one. I feel like one BYU team will figure it out, and most likely I think it's here at University Stadium in New Mexico because BYU will have the ability, I believe, to run the ball against a depleted SMU run defense. And if they can just chew some clock and have long, sustained drives and keep the ball out of Tanner Mordecai, SMU's quarterback, and, and that offense, their hands collectively, BYU's got a shot down here in the New Mexico Bowl. So I'm going to go with one on Saturday. We all want the trifecta, but one feels like it, it's going to happen. I hope one happens. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I, I think it's a challenging day uh, for the reasons you mentioned. Added reasons include... Utah playing good ball, as you mentioned. Uh, they're 9-2 and two at this point, beat Arizona. They did lose to Sam Houston State. They lost to Mississippi State, who's a top 25 Ken Palm team. So they're good. Utah's good at basketball again, which, which uh, is tough to, a tough pill to swallow when they come into Provo like this. But we saw this BYU team beat Creighton. We saw them beat Dayton. We saw them compete at San Diego State well. Uh, decent comebacks right against USC and Baylor. Uh, excuse me, uh, Butler. Perhaps men's basketball at home, rejuvenated by a win against Creighton, is the most likely to me. I feel like it's more likely okay. than football. Football, I am concerned because of the reasons we've outlined this week, which include, obviously, Jaron Hall, more light being shed a moment ago, uh, as we mentioned from Kalani Satake. No Jaron Hall makes me significantly nervous because, remember, this is the first game we're going to walk into without Jaron Hall. He's played and started every game this year. He's at least been the guy. Even Notre Dame without practicing, obviously, was his worst performance of the season. BYU loses by eight, but BYU could run the ball a little bit. Can BYU, as we've talked about, summon a performance like Stanford where they rush for 300 yards against a porous SMU defense <laughs> that is 11th worst in the country and in the 100s and everything that matters, yeah. scoring defense, yards per play, rush defense, total yards allowed, that's it. BYU women, women's basketball at Gonzaga, that is a tough one. Cougars 4-6, and six, Gonzaga 9-2. Certainly, BYU's gone up there and won before, but it has required some of BYU's best teams to do so. Hopefully, the women can figure that out. But I think men's hoops has the best shot coming off of Creighton, going up against a, a team uh, that at home BYU can compete with and or beat. SMU makes me nervous. But SMU hasn't won a bowl game since 2012. 
It's been a minute, and defensively they're porous. Yes, yeah. their offense is top three in in yards and points and pass yards in, in SMU history. This is one of the best offenses they've ever had. But it's the BYU uh, defense. It's the lack of a coaching st- staff there, the continuity there. Perhaps they summon something, and that's the hope. But it's certainly a massive Saturday for all three. Now, to add to your argument that it might be BYU men's basketball, weirdly, Craig Smith, Utah's head coach, he's a really good coach. He could never figure out BYU when he was at Utah State and obviously hasn't figured out BYU while he's been at Utah. So Craig Smith has a little bit of a mental block, for whatever reason, taking on BYU men's hoops. But again, different Utah team. I just think it's, it, that's a lot to ask. I, BYU lost to Utah Valley in South Dakota at, in home scenarios. I know. So are, are we hey, looking and thinking, it's, yeah. It's like, been a whole may, week, Spencer. I don't know what you're BYU talking about. Maybe BYU can do this? It's been a whole, it's been a whole eight <laughs> days since UVI. I, I flushed that one down the toilet, bro. <laughs> I want the trifecta. But, yeah, Craig, Craig Smith has not beaten BYU, and he, he's a great coach. Weird. But is Chris Burgess the difference maker leaving BYU and going to Utah to help Craig Smith get over that hump? Well, Just well, maybe that, that's the case. Brendan Carlson's playing really well. Uh, seven-footer for Utah. Chris Burgess is coaching him up really well. Chris is a good coach. We like, we like Chris a lot. Um, even though he disappointed 12 million Mormons or whatever Roger Reed said. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's over. But it's a funny story. Okay, it's an interesting um, situation with Saturday. Would you take right now, if I'm like, okay, BYU gets one win of those three, would you take that or you play it out? Oh, man. I- I'd take one win. I- I- Me too. I would take one. Do I get to pick which win it is, Jeremy? No, you don't do know I which just, one it I is. Just you just one. get a win. I... I- yeah, I would, I would take that scenario. Yeah, I, absolutely. Because all three teams and their respective rights are facing huge challenges. And I, I feel like BYU football, Cade Fennigan, I said it earlier this week, he's going to surprise some people. He's off the radar. SMU's thinking, who's this dude? Yeah, he's from Dallas, whatever. Like, ah, we got this in the bag. We're going to break the bowl game curse. We're going to win a bowl game for the first time in 10 years. It's going to be awesome. But SMU is without their nose tackle. Their run defense is already bad. They're playing without their best receiver and another key receiver, and they're down an offensive tackle. BYU just maybe could string together a ground and pound effort here and and get some things done. BYU's offensive line should dominate SMU up front if what we are hearing is true and the stats would prove that SMU is not good. Why are they all of a sudden going to be good on defense come bowl game on Saturday? Like, they, they have shown us who they are. So I guess that's why I lean that direction as I, as I feel BYU will be able to run the ball. So if i got to, like, roll the dice on a team, I, strangely, I feel like with BYU's running backs healthy, three of them anyway, and the offensive line, just hand it off. And then simple passes from Cade Finnegan to Puka Nakua and some other key targets, Chase Roberts. Just see what happens. I, I hope it's not a shootout, though, Jaron, because if it does become a shootout, yeah. Then I'm significantly worried about BYU. No, I, it's hard to be like, hey, Cade Fennigan, uh, first start if that's the case. Sounds like that's going to be the case. And who knows? Maybe we'll see some Soljay Mayava Peters, Nick Billups. Who knows? But Cade uh, seems like he's the guy. If it's a shootout, it's hard to be like, yeah, Cade, show up and do that. If I'm Blake Freeland, um, 
I'm going, and Clark Barrington, frankly. I, and uh, Harris Chance. Maybe these are all three for them uh, last games. Harris out for this game. Never mind. Those two on the left side. I go, follow me to freedom. Okay? Like that Y2K Sports yes. Center commercial. Follow me to freedom! Into the end zone. Summon yeah. the ju- juice. Uh, Josh Quezada and, and J.J. DeLuigi performance from 2010 in that stadium. Maybe Cody Hoffman's uh, three touchdowns resurrects in the form of, uh, you know, Isaac Rex for a, a trio of TDs. Yes, BYU's got to be able to run the ball. Let me ask you this. Which of the three teams on Saturday need the win the most? Not what we expect, what we hope. Oh, Who man. needs it the most? Gosh, I feel like it, it needs to be BYU men's basketball. I, I feel like it's the biggest rivalry scenario. They're home. I just pointed out, like, the inexplicable semi-home loss to South Dakota in Salt Lake City and then a straight-up home loss for a second year in a row against Utah Valley. BYU men's basketball needs a win the most, and what a way to do it against a really good Utah team in Provo. Protect your home court. Because BYU women's basketball is playing on the road and they're 4-6 and and they're rebuilding, nobody's expecting – like, if BYU loses to Gonzaga – which is, is what is expected. No, whatever. That, that's what we are all anticipating is going to happen, maybe outside of the team. That's fine. They'll be okay if they lose that game. Even if BYU football loses down here, whatever. We talked about it early this week. They'll flush it away onto the Big 12. Oh, the Big 12. New coaches recruiting. <laughs> yeah. Quarterback coming in. Big-time guy, we think, through the transfer portal at some point if Jaron goes. Like, there's so much off-season hype and juice with the transfer portal and going to the Big 12 and the Big 12 schedule. If BYU loses this game, whatever, 7-6, and six, on to the Power 5. BYU men's basketball, however, if they lose at home to Utah, now we're talking about three straight home losses. And, and then things get super weird. Uh, and BYU doesn't lose at home. They lot, so if they lose to South Dakota, Utah Valley, and Utah at home back-to-back-to-back, that's super, super concerning for me. So I, I, if I had to pick one, I'm giving it to Mark Pope and BYU Men's Hoops to get it done against Utah. They need it the most. Are we calling South Dakota home loss? I, I, yes, no. Uh, it's, it's tough, right? But yeah, Semi-home. I, yeah, semi-home. I, uh, I agree that men's basketball needs it the most. Um, and they've, yeah, it's a big game. Uh, certainly Utah will be the favorite in that game when the lines come out. But uh, Beer's got to summon a performance there that's good. Which, by the way, Rudy Williams coming off the bench. Utah doesn't have an answer for Rudy Williams off the bench. Is he, if he's the 20-plus-a-game guy, which he is the last three, by the way, uh, he is playing lights out. That second unit now has a different look and feel than it did before, which I'm looking forward to the Fantasy uh, Friday coming up later in the program to see what move you're going to make because no Spencer Johnson means, means no Spencer Linton picking Spencer Johnson. But that's coming up later. In that stadium, <laughs> by the way, the New Mexico Bowl, BYU played New Mexico. Was it 9 when Andrew George flew in like day of after having a baby and then caught like two yeah. touchdown passes? Like, what? where's the Andrew George fresh baby, uh, they're all fresh, performance that perhaps BYU <laughs> needs? Like, that was one of the craziest stories in BYU history is when he did that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, tons of history. It's cool to be back in University Stadium, and it's fun to talk with some of the natives down here, uh, the New Mexico residents, about BYU, because clearly, like, What's the they don't like BYU. Still? Get yeah. over it. But the, the, it's been vi- 11 years. The, vi- the vibe is, 
Well, BYU's here, and we know BYU. So, I mean, I, I talked to uh, my guy Martin at the hotel last night, and he's like, I typically hate BYU, but because they're not in New Mexico's conference anymore, and they're here in our stadium, and we have a history with them, and I don't know much about SMU, I'm, I'm actually rooting for the Cougars this There you weekend. go, Martin. So I was like, Martin, wel- welcome, welcome, my friend. We welcome got Martin. BYU Sports Nation. Here's a let's swag go. box. Let's go, Martin. <laughs> okay, let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation, our question of the day. How many wins do you expect on Saturday among those three? Football versus SMU, men's basketball versus that team up north, and women's basketball versus Gonzaga. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Adam uh, Andresen on Twitter. Two at most. Men's basketball could easily jekyll their way into another heart-stopping win, even though the Utes are good. Football might be okay, <laughs> despite their missing pieces, because SMU isn't exactly coming in, uh, says tact. Okay? Uh, but despite how good Lauren Gustin is, women's basketball in general still hasn't found an offensive identity. Tough against the top 25 Gonzaga squad on the road. They fell out uh, of the top 25 after losing to number two Stanford on the road. But still... Right in the mix there. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. If you miss any of this week's episodes, speaking of BYU Sports Nation, or Greg Rebell's conversation with Coach Pope and Gideon George on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, you can always find it on demand, BYUSN.com. Yeah, dear Evan Hansen said it. You will be found on BYUSN.com. And we preview the bowl game matchup coming up for the voice of the Mustangs, Rich Phillips. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo and Albuquerque. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation from Provo. Spencer in Albuquerque ahead of the New Mexico Bowl coming up Saturday. Uh, It's going to be a fun one between SMU and BYU. And to get to know the Mustangs better, let's bring in the play-by-play, the voice of the SMU Mustangs, Rich Phillips here on BYU Sports Nation. Rich, great to have you on the program. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be on with you. Well, it's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, We're excited about it. When we heard SMU was the opponent, we were were excited and uh, certainly – should be a fun one. We thought perhaps we might have a shootout, but uh, we'll see if Jaron Hall plays. Sounds like he may not, but what are you expecting and what do you like in this matchup? Uh, still expect there to be a lot of offense, uh, regardless of who's in at quarterback and who, who's in. You know, We know wide receiver Rasheed Rice is out for SMU in this game on Saturday, but uh, SMU's defense hasn't done a lot of stopping teams this year either, so I suspect uh, maybe the attack is different from BYU, but I still suspect there to be a lot of points uh, scored in this game. Now, Rich, Tanner Mordecai has been awesome. He's thrown for 31 touchdowns this year, only nine interceptions, but he won't have his favorite target. So how much of an impact does Rasheed Rice not playing have on the SMU offense? Obviously huge. I mean, the guy led the nation in receiving yards per game. He's up there top five in receptions this season as well. That's a big difference. Plus, his presence changes things for everybody else, too. It helps open up other guys. So uh, that's been his security blanket all season. Uh, they've got Jordan Curley, who's really started to step up here in the second half of the season, who's probably going to be your primary guy. And then watch out for their uh, tight end, R.J. Maryland. He's a true freshman who's had a really solid season. He's top 10 in the country in receiving touchdowns among tight ends. I expect he's going to be a real busy target here on Saturday night. 
Yeah, six is a fantastic number, especially in that freshman season. Uh, Jalen Thomas on the offensive line is out as well. Anybody else out that will uh, affect this game, in your opinion? Uh, one of the wide receiver, Dylan Goffney, who's a little further down the depth chart, but he has been starting some. He'll be out. Um, his his production's been up and down over the season. Uh, they've got several other guys that are ready to fill in that spot. Defensively, pretty much everybody should be good to go on Saturday. Rich, when you look at the BYU defense, how do you see SMU's offense matching up a uh, Cougar defense that has certainly dealt with some injuries and they've given up some yards and points this year? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, looking at their defense, I think that's a big opportunity for SMU in this game. Uh, they have the challenge without Rasheed Rice, but they have been very dynamic offensively all season. Starts with the quarterback. Uh, running the ball's been a little bit of a piecemeal thing, but they've kind of hit on a, a fullback, Tyler Levine, here in the last four or five weeks, who has really come on to be the leading rusher, lead him in touchdowns, really tough guy, tough running back. Uh, so that's who they'll use primarily in the run game. But uh, Mordecai, I'm sure, Tanner Mordecai, I'm sure, will find some places to pick apart in this defense on Saturday. Yeah, Levine's nine touchdowns and only nine yards lost uh, in, on the season. Impressive numbers. Defensively, as you mentioned, hey, neither team going to in a circle this year as a banner year defensively in the 100-plus in most categories that matter. Do you see this being a, hey, you got to outshoot the other team kind of game? Because in our opinion for BYU, it may be the Stanford kind of game where, hey, you may need to control the clock if Jaron Hall's not the quarterback. Yeah, I know they certainly will look to run the ball a lot more, but uh, SMU's games this year have been who's going to get that uh, that last score and maybe that one or two stops. I mean, they gave up 63 in a game this year and won 77-63 over Houston. Oddly enough, they won because of what their defense did. They had three interceptions, <laughs> and it, it was the three stops, including the last yeah. <laughs> uh, play of the game, basically. And Last game they played here in the regular season against Memphis. Again, kind of a shootout, 34-31, I think, was the final. But it was an interception in the last minute of the game that sealed the game for SMU. So while their defense gives up a ton, they have had several moments where they've come up with that big player, that big turnover to finish things off. Incredible. It's not often you give up 63 and win by 14. That is just an <laughs> uncanny number. Rich, when you look at the SMU defense, uh, we, we mentioned that BYU is probably going to try and run the ball. What is SMU's run defense like, and how would you assess it at this point? They have struggled to stop the run this year. They've, they've changed some things lately against a few teams that run the ball more, like Tulane, uh, certainly when they played Navy, and they played more of a traditional 4-3. They're their base defense has been the 4-2 nickel like most everybody else has gone to, but they've gone with a, a little more of a traditional 4-3. They are missing a, a key part there. Their nose tackle, Terrence Newman, uh, suffered a leg injury in the Tulane game, lost for the rest of the year, so they've had to kind of fill that gap there. Uh, Elijah Chapman, though, a really tough inside defensive tackle for them, very strong, too, who can help against that run, but I suspect we might see a little more 4-3 than normal out of the SMU defense in this one. Yeah, that pass rush, uh, which has been good enough for 27 and a half sacks against only 12 allowed for BYU, could be a storyline in this one as well. I look at the seasons, obviously same record going in to the postseason, but five and two the last seven, those two lost a close one to Cincy, and then Tulane was awesome. Uh, things have changed for SMU. What changed the last seven? Uh, some of it, I think, had to do with the opponents they were playing. I mean, in their their uneven start, in there in the middle part of the season, they lost three in a row, but they lost at Maryland. They lost to TCU. We know what they've gone on to do. And then they lost to UCF, who was playing for the league championship. Once they got out of that is when they started to find themselves a little bit. So I think 
largely some of it had to do just with the schedule that they had played along the way, and they've gotten a few pieces going offensively as well, but scheduling definitely makes a big difference for where things have gone this season. He is the SMU play-by-play man. Rich Phillips is on BYU Sports Nation. Rich, do you feel like 30 points is enough to win this game between SMU and BYU, or is it going to require more? You know, it's hard to say. I would have said a week ago, no, 30 is not enough. Given the quarterback situation for BYU, maybe it is the first to 30. Also missing a key part in Rasheed Rice, I guess I'll say yes, 30. (laughs) First one to 30, I think, might be the one that wins on Saturday night. (laughs) That could be interesting, and uh, it was the first one to, like, 46 uh, in 1980. I want to ask you about that game, and certainly they played a couple of other games, but that is called the Miracle Bowl by BYU fans. There's a name for that game. Obviously, uh, you know, BYU fans know what it is. How is that game perceived or remembered, or maybe it's not by SMU fans? It is remembered. It's loathed, I think, by some SMU fans, as it should be. You're at 45, <laughs> what is it, 45 25 with two and a half minutes to play. That should be a win. Uh, I did a little uh, swim down uh, YouTube on that game this week to uh, relive some of the highlights or lowlights as they were, although there were plenty <laughs> of highlights for SMU, too, and it's amazing how different the teams were then than they are now. I mean, obviously, with Jim McMahon, BYU was kind of out of character for that era of football, throwing it everywhere. And SMU ran for nearly 400 yards in that game. Maybe we'll see the opposite coming up this week. But uh, definitely it's one that has been remembered for 42 years here for SMU fans. Clearly the SMU Pony Express was rolling along at that juncture of uh, the SMU program history. Now we are hearing that SMU has worked their way back up to maybe just being on the outskirts of an invitation to the Pac-12. Certainly they want to get back into a Power 5 conference. Rich, how likely is that scenario that SMU is back in a Power 5 and maybe in the Pac-12 if they decide to expand? I kind of think that they're at the top of a few lists for leagues that are looking to add teams because partly there's not a whole lot left out there. Also, a program that's been on the rise here over the last decade or so. Their basketball program has had some good uh, showings in the last decade or so. Facilities have made huge improvements, and they're making more to them here at SMU. The market size, obviously, too, of Dallas-Fort Worth has to be appealing uh, to any conference. So the Pac-12 certainly is one we have heard a lot about. I'm still not convinced the Big 12's done on adding teams because I don't know if uh, I don't know if anybody knows what the number is now of uh, how many teams you need to be uh, successful. They're just kind of sitting and waiting right now, but uh, Pac-12 is the one that we've heard the most about here in recent months. And certainly, uh, Brett Yormark saying we're open for business. Hey, that means uh, more teams are coming at some point, you'd think. I did want to ask you about uh, Cade Fennigan, a guy that we're getting to know better, Boise State transfer, perhaps the starter coming up Saturday. He went to Woodrow Wilson High School. That's 11 minutes from SMU's campus. What's the dynamic of that high school in the area? Uh, and he had great success there. Yeah, uh, I, I honestly didn't know a lot about him before getting ready for this game. I, uh, he went to Boise State, obviously, first. Uh, it's one of a number of high schools, obviously, within close proximity to SMU. I do know that Finnegan is the all-time winningest quarterback at Woodrow Wilson High School, and I believe they're all-time leading passers. So he had a pretty good uh, run there his last couple of years when he was at Wilson. Rich, let's finish with this. How would you assess the overall fan base for SMU and the excitement around the programs right now? 
Uh, it's definitely been on the rise. Uh, really, Sonny Dykes had a lot to do with it the four years prior to this, prior to leaving in a bit of a uh, cloud as well, going across town to TCU. But he really you know, put the program back into the top 25 over the last several years. This season, they opened receiving votes uh, in the coaches' poll the first couple of weeks before some early losses. Definitely, it's helped increase uh, the fan interest. Uh, I think a change of conferences, if it does come, is going to help increase that fan interest even more. Well, Rich, we appreciate the insight and the time. We look forward to a, a fun game. Perhaps a shootout, perhaps not. Perhaps 1980, <laughs> perhaps not. Rich, thanks for the time. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Rich Phillips, SMU play-by-play, -play, joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Good stuff. They certainly remember it as well, but uh, yeah, not with you. the same feelings that we have, Spence. Yeah, uh, again, you said we, we call it the Miracle Bowl because it is miraculous, and we were joking this morning what do they call it? Do they call it the holiday horror? It's, it has to be something like that, right? They call it the who cares. Just, that was a long time ago, Bull. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers that game in 1980. Uh, all right, Jerem, coming up tonight, BYU basketball back to work hosting Western Oregon in the Marriott Center. Coverage begins with BYU Sports Station game day, 8 Eastern, live on BYU TV. And, hey, would we be cool if the jersey helmet and combo – for the bowl game is the same one from the Notre Dame game. We'll tell you why we think this. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show at any point, get great content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. He is Spencer in Albuquerque. I am Jeremy Provo. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Jeremy, Bill Connolly, our friend, ESPN Plus, uh, or sorry, the SP Plus projections. He works for ESPN as well. Great guy. He predicts BYU and SMU to be the highest scoring bowl game this season. Will that hold if and when we think when Jaron Hall doesn't play quarterback for BYU? No. I just don't see how BYU is going to get to the 40s uh, in this game if Jaron Hall's not there. Certainly, BYU can rush the ball effectively, and they've rushed for four touchdowns exactly in the last three bowl games, by the way. Game day guarantee coming up tomorrow. Uh, yeah, if BYU can run Ooh. the ball, maybe they get into the 30s, but will BYU hold SMU under 35? It's going to take at least 30 to win the game for sure. The over-under started at 72 total points. It's now down to around 64. Yeah. News is leaking out that Jaron Hall's not going to play. 64 feels like a pretty fair number at this point if Jaron Hall doesn't play. It's not going to be the highest scoring game of the bowl season for sure. I'd still take the over on 64, uh, even without Jaron Hall. Yesterday, a display showed BYU's black jerseys with the navy black meld helmet used from the Notre Dame game. If the Cougars don this combo again, you cool with that? Absolutely. It was so sharp in Las Vegas. And I'm not a huge believer in uniform combo translates to whether or not BYU wins or loses the game. There have been so many, like, false curses placed on uniform combos. It was the all-whites, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Now it's Navy. Come on. No. BYU, yeah, BYU lost to Notre Dame and those kits, but they're awesome. Bring them back. Bring back those helmets. I'm all for it. I have inquired about the uniform as to whether this is actually the uniform that's going to be used. I was told, quote, you won't be disappointed. So we'll see what it is. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if it's something new. 
Okay. But uh, Josh Hewitt and the gang uh, apparently drumming up something nice. Yeah, he's already swagged out all the guys. They got brand new white 270s and nice sweats. Oh, I want the white all... 270s yeah, for the, Christmas. The, Grab me yeah. a pair, size 11 oh, and a half. so clean. 11 and a half. So clean for sure. Big Game Boomer has certainly been impressed with BYU in a number of regards. He was he debuted on the show earlier this season. He has ranked The Rock as the number four overall student section this season. Did The Rock merit this high of a ranking this season, Jerem? The Rock merits number one every year. Uh, I love The Rock. Certainly in <laughs> September, they were unbelievable. Once it started to uh, oh. get a little weird for BYU, then, then it wasn't quite the same, you know, in November in terms of numbers at the stadium. But uh, they did a nice, nice showing Saturday, women's hoops against Utah. I thought that was good. Certainly it can always be better, but no, I, I think BYU deserves this. Fantastic uh, student section. Absolutely, they merit this. They're every, year in and year out, top five student section in the country. So just go ahead and bookmark it for the rest of forever. Like The Rock will be in the top five. Put really, it in really your strong Google showing. Chrome bookmarks. Upon arrival to New Mexico, yes. BYU football was welcomed by a mariachi band on the runway. What song do you think they were playing? I believe it was Toto by Africa, Jerem. Nice. Yes, I, it's, I've been told it was Toto by Africa. Or maybe, well, yep, yes. Welcome to the jungle? I don't know. <laughs> I hope it was the traditional song. I love mariachis. I'm like one of the only uh, yes. grandkids yes. and aunts and uncles in my family that didn't have mariachis at my wedding. You know, I should have, but uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, my, uh, my homies grew up in the Mormon colonies. We love mariachis, they're great. Hey, just do, do one of those, you know, like when you have your 20 year anniversary with uh, your beautiful wife, Whitney, do it on the beach in Mexico and have the mariachi band serenade you hey, then. All good. Over-unders, 19 and a half on the marriage. So hopefully we get there. Yeah. <laughs> the World Cup matchup final is set, Jerem. Argentina and France. Who you got? Is it Messi and Argentina or Mbappe and France? As a two-year Brazilian, uh, it's hard for me to root for Argentina, but uh, no, going for Messi and Argentina. I just think it's a really cool storyline for yes. the greatest player ever. Pelé didn't have to play in the Champions League. Or, uh, you know, at high-level soccer, played for Santos and for the Cosmos, essentially. He didn't have to go through what Lionel Messi has, and he's won at the highest level everywhere but the World Cup. Certainly going for Messi Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling for Messi. The GOAT needs the World Cup title. He's done everything else. He means literally the world to the game of soccer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Team Argentina. And France won last time. They won last They've done time. done their thing. France has come won. On. Yeah, come on. It's, it's time for Argentina. You got yours. You, you held up uh, the trophy there. Which, by the way, if that thing goes into extras, I'm going to be late for church. Just telling my bishop right now. Per college basketball <laughs> reference on Twitter this year, Caleb Lohner was the most viewed men's basketball player in the state of Utah. This isn't current players. This is all time of players uh, from okay. people in Utah searching right on their website. Maybe even more surprisingly, also in Vermont. Uh, did we underestimate how popular Caleb Lohner was? Uh, Jerem, I think that they mistook Caleb Lohner for Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> uh, I think this is a clerical for error. Van Horn. It clearly... It clearly is Jimmer Fredette in the state of Utah and Vermont for that matter. Didn't you cover a game against Vermont when I Jimmer have, played in upstate New York? I saw the catamounts. 
play against the Cougars in Glens Falls in yeah. the year of our Lord 2010. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, cold in there, and it was the weirdest game I've ever been to. I've I said love this, Caleb. I've said this on the show before, but in that game, the fans were only rooting for Jimmer. So if anybody but Jimmer made a basket, it was just like. But when Jimmer made it, it was like, <sighs> yay! It was super weird. No, the, the answer is clearly Jimmer for that. I love Caleb Loner. He's great, but somebody messed up along the way. Yeah. With a clerical error, hey, they hey, meant Ron, to write Jimmer for that. You done messed up. <laughs> Tonight, San Diego women's volleyball. Jaron plays Texas in the national semifinals. Wow. Are you rooting for the Toreros and pulling the West Coast Conference card? Yeah, I, I am. I have no vitriol with San Diego. You know, it's not like St. Mary's or Utah or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm going for uh, the Toreros. Let's go. Let's get it done. Yeah, the Toreros went to the transfer portal hard the past couple of seasons, and it has paid off in a huge way. I kind of hate it because they became so good all of a sudden, but you know what? Heather Olmstead can join that trend as well. BYU's got a great brand and tradition. You go into the Big 12, go to the transfer portal, get awesome again, do what San Diego is. I'm pulling for the Toreros, absolutely. Yeah. Gabby Blossoms, fantastic uh, setter for them. By the way, BYU, uh, on their Instagram at least, announced uh, you know incoming transfer from Arizona and Utah State, libero and setter. So uh, yeah, already going to the portal. Okay. All right, a reminder to listen in to our good friend Greg Rubel and Mark Durant, BYU basketball hosting Western Oregon tonight. Cougar pregame live on the radio side, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. There's a lot going on in that photo. Is this an offensive foul? Is, was he blocked? Did he finish this? I can't remember. And on deck, fantasy basketball. Spencer's out. Not that Spencer, right? It's BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation from Albuquerque and Provo. Jeremy Spencer here with you. Time for fantasy basketball uh, in a second, but first let's talk about BYU and Western Oregon tonight. A D2 foe, 90 minutes southwest of Portland. Spencer, certainly uh, with losses to Utah Valley and South Dakota, we have to respect every opponent, so that's why we did our question of the day looking ahead to Saturday. But uh, what are you expecting in tonight's matchup against the Wolves? I expect a home win for BYU yeah. and by 20-plus. Yeah, 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 it's got to be, right? If it's, if it's not a 20-plus win, again, concern continues to grow. BYU's got to figure it out. They've got to, they got to build some momentum on their home floor before they host Utah. So... I know I said, BYU you can't have, you know, a semi-home loss and then back-to-back -back home losses to Utah Valley and Utah. Like, technically, they can break that up with Western Oregon, but come on. They got to they gotta do so in style and build some confidence going into the Utah game on Saturday. Yeah, and Cougar stats, and I saw you react uh, during the show here, um, you know, talking about, well, Utah's the best opponent. Yes, but it's in the – yes, period. Um, Utah's the best opponent of those three we, we've talked about in – uh, football, men's basketball, and women's basketball in this. SMU is the worst of those three, interestingly enough. But, uh, yeah, it's personnel, it's whatnot. So, yeah, BYU needs to get a win tonight, obviously. Uh, win convincingly. And then, uh, hey, Saturday against Utah, let's go. All right, time for Fantasy Hoops. Let's talk about it. We get two women's players, two men's players, one opponent player who plays one game against BYU that week. Scoring is by parbs, that is, points, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals. I won by 16 last week. 
it felt good because your boy hadn't won anything since last March or February. It'd been a minute. Okay, therefore, Spencer gets the first yeah, transaction. Yeah. You can opt to drop a BYU player and pick somebody up or do the uh, opponent. What are you going with? All right, so I am with my first selection in the waiver wire scenario. I am going with an opponent, Jerem, and I am selecting Yvonne Ejim of Gonzaga Women's Basketball. She does it all. Defensive Player of the Year in the West Coast Conference. She is so good, averages over 17 points a game. She rebounds like crazy. She's got a ton of steals and block shots. She's a defensive menace. Yvonne Ejim is who I'm adding as my waiver wire pickup on the opponent's side. She'll go along with, uh, you know, for me, I mean, when we look at my starting five, Rose Bubakar and Nani Falatea were great last week. They were great. I just didn't ask Spencer Johnson for multiple games, and it cost me. Those ladies will continue to get it done. And then uh, on the men's side, Gideon George is going to do I'll, I'll give you my other waiver wire pickup in just a moment after you announce your starting five. Yeah, I was going to say, hold your horses. i got uh, transactions here. Uh, I am going to pick up yep. Kalen Trong of Gonzaga. Uh, Ooh, great great okay. point guard. I'm glad to see, by the way, that you didn't pick a Ute, unlike last week. <laughs> well, it didn't, it didn't do me any good last week. I was lost. Healy had 40 parbs. She was amazing. That was a, that was a, I know, she a was parbs record she was incredible. on this program. It was, it, it was a Spencer Johnson scenario in multiple games that cost me the head-to-head matchup. Yeah, and I didn't have Kalkbrenner either Saturday, so it, we both had people missing. I was one. I was one. I was one game though. Spencer Johnson missed two games for me, but whatever. That was Sem- a, semantics, hey, right? That, that was a choice. So, that was a choice you made. You know, and you, you need to figure it out with I Spencer know, Johnson. I know, <laughs> bro. You playing or not? You're I not. Know. Oh, you're not playing. <laughs> okay, so it's it's well documented. You got a great team. Lauren Gustin, awesome, right? She's she's gonna do her thing. And I like Kaylin Trong. She has averages over five assists a game for you on top of like 13 points. So that's, you got a solid team. I have to drop Spencer Johnson. I don't want to, but I'm dropping you have him. To. And I'm picking up, I am picking up Dallin Hall. I'm hoping Dallin, Dallin Hall. Hall is awesome tonight against Western Oregon. And he doesn't score a ton. Maybe he'll score a ton tonight. He just it, scores in the very end. But he's a very complete like, player. It, it, he scores a basket in the very fine. end. That's what he does. Yeah, he'll, he'll do okay. He'll be okay. Is he enough, though? It's going to be close between us this yeah, week. It's I like be, this. This is super competitive. Unlike football. Uh, so I have Gustin, Smiler, Foose, Rudy Williams, Kalen Trong. You have Rose Bubakar, Falatea, now Dallin Hall, Guinea George, and Yvonne Ejim of Gonzaga. Okay, stay yeah, tuned yeah. tonight. Rudy, I mean, Rudy, Rudy won the game hey, for you. Rudy. Rudy Williams was incredible. Hey, he got me 36 parps. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Up next, join Dave, Blaine, David, Brian, and Jerem for BYU Sports Station Game Day and me here in New Mexico, obviously, as we get you ready for the New Mexico Bowl. Watch Saturday, 5.30 Eastern, live on BYU TV. I, I wasn't anticipating being on the show. That's just me. And who gets today's rise and show? Oh, yeah, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Any lead voice of the day, this is BYU Sports Station. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 
BYU Sports Nation is always on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And, Jeremy, I'd just like to point out, when we went to break, I said that you were going to be part of the show on Saturday, and you are. <laughs> You're doing some pregame stuff for That's us. That's fine. Previewing BYU-Utah basketball. You're recapping highlights. You're on the show, so you need to clear your schedule and get involved, bro. I guess I'll have to show up to work on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at BYU Tracker <laughs> tweeted, Breaking sources have confirmed to me that BYU football will wear the All Blacks in the New Mexico Bowl that were worn against Notre yes. Dame. Yes. So nice. uh, we'll, we'll uh, see if that is indeed the case. Certainly we trust at BYU Tracker, who has literally one job. So there you go. Uh, not officially affiliated <laughs> with uh, the team or whatnot. Okay, our question of the day. How many wins do you expect on Saturday? We got football versus SMU in Nuevo Mexico. At what point is it not new anymore? How many hundreds of you? That's just a question I have. Um, we have men's basketball versus uh, Utah. We have women's hoops at Gonzaga. At Kangle 92 on Twitter. I love my Cougars, but zero wins this Saturday. Fandom is not dependent on wins. Yeet. Plus, lowered expectations may Yeet. result in some surprises. The lowest expectation at this point... And whether we've liked it or not, we've set that this week, is football. Because with no Jaron Hall, it's just different. Uh, men's Hoops playing the best opponent in Utah, and Women's Hoops at Gonzaga, traditionally a very tough place to play. I want to say BYU's won there once, maybe twice, uh, all time. It's a tough yeah, place to yeah. go and win. Jerem, don't we all remember what Aaron Roderick as the offensive coordinator does with third-string quarterbacks? <laughs> he wins. He wins. Let's go. He beats Come Boise on. State. If it's Cade Fennigan, he's got a third-string quarterback. He's literally SMU. got a Boise hey, State Jacob quarterback. Conover. Jacob Conover was the third-string quarterback at Utah State last year when Baylor Romney had to go out as a backup. Tyler BYU Algier was essentially playing quarterback in that Tyler game. Algier. Come on, man. <laughs> Aaron Roderick, when he has a third-string quarterback, he wins. It's all good, He man. creates magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was different in that situation was BYU had what's called a defensive coordinator uh, at the time. Right now, certainly limited. Wow. But the head ball coach, Kalani, is on that side. Don't know if you knew this, but he uh, had, what, nine, ten seasons as the uh, D.C. at that school up north. So, yep. yeah. Hey, I would love – listen, if BYU gets 3-0, you'll shave your head. Like, it's going to be that kind of day. At the casual hippie on Twitter. <laughs> Expect zero. Women's basketball rebuilding around a new coach. Men's basketball all rebuild, also rebuilding with massive roster changes. Football's a skeleton crew of healthy players and coaches. If we can manage one or two, it'd be great. Either way, it's great to be a Cougar. Either way, it, that, that part is true. But Buey's got to get at least one win on Saturday. And I can't tell you which game it's going to be. Yeah. I certainly hope it's men's hoops against Utah if I had to pick one. Just get one. Or we all collectively go into a state of depression. We need, we need one. Yes. Somebody figure it out. I think, I think it's going to be here. We weirdly. I know. Oh, Maybe yes. I'm crazy. That would be great. <laughs> I think it's going to be here in like, the New Mexico Bowl. I'll take a win. I would love to finish with eight. It doesn't salvage the season because the expectation was nine plus. But it certainly leaves a nice taste in your mouth that we did not have after last year's bowl game uh, against UAB. How would you compare yeah. sort of – the feeling and the setup and everything going into uh, the Independence Bowl last year versus this one? This is different because, well, I won't tell you which player said it, but I got on the, the elevator last night and I was like, hey, we're here, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, how, how's it going? And he's like, 
it's way better than Shreveport. <laughs> I was like, I, I totally get it. Well, yes, and the weather's is. better. New Mexico I mean, it was Bowl rainy and wet. And, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, it was off. It was a terrible scenario. And it's a 10-win BYU team that's ranked number 13 last year, and they literally limp into Independence, the Independence Bowl. It just was not a good set- setup. Players are excited to be here, and I think they like playing with low expectations. Like, that, that could work in their favor this weekend. Why don't we just bottle this principle up for next year, then? When we go, oh, yeah, BYU's going to compete for the big one. No, just going for a bowl game. I think, I think you're right. I think BYU's way better as the dog than the favorite. And so let's, let's just bottle that up. Okay, our yeah. lead voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated, at Freedom Fort Troy on Twitter. I sure didn't expect the Creighton win. I'm hopeful about men's basketball and football. Women's basketball <laughs> would be a shock. I expect one, hope for two, would be shocked at okay. three. That, that, is, that is well stated. We didn't expect a Creighton win. We don't expect an SMU win. We don't expect a, uh, a win over Utah or a Gonzaga right now. Hey, that's why we play, baby. Today's Rise shout-out presented yeah. by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Who gets it? I'm going to give it to Josh Hewitt, who is running the BYU equipment department right now for the football side. He has worked so hard. I mentioned it earlier he has swagged out his guys. They got these custom Nike BYU light gray shorts. They got brand new white 270s. They're bringing a uniform combo down here that's going to look super fantastic in primetime on Saturday night. I, and I asked him last night, you doing all right? And he's like, I'm surviving, man. I'm surviving. He's doing a great job. Josh Hewitt and the equipment team all year long have made BYU like as swaggy as ever. Like, I, I dare you to find a swaggier year than this year. It's pretty good. Okay, our thanks to today's guest, Rich Phillips. We need Andrew George and Dennis Pittett back here in New Mexico. Jerem, conversation continues 24-7 on social media and BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis, ran out of time for Spencer. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Michael Reed. We'll see you tonight for pregame 8 Eastern, BYU in Western Oregon. Go Cougs! Mother, father, 